0: Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is George Jackson. We recorded this last week at Bob Zulig's house in Fort Collins, Colorado. Here's a quick reminder before we get started. Get Up In The Cool is listener-supported. That means if you're listening, I need your support to make this show every week. So please chip in, if you can, at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's linked in the show notes. Shout out to Get Up in the Cool's newest supporters, Rachel Peterson, Brad Einhorn, and Craig Evans. Thank you all so much. Your support means a lot. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with George Jackson, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. jackson welcome back to get up in the cool
1: cameron dewitt lovely to be back <laughs> what what happened to your forked deer yeah <laughs> what, what, what is that <laughs> yeah it's a really sweet little version isn't it um from the playing of jp jp fraley i've never um, heard of that one yeah i hadn't either until i was kind of trolling through versions uh for this little project the old time 100 which we're going to talk about and uh and I just, I don't know, I couldn't, this one just seemed like the sweetest and uh, most interesting whilst also being very, uh, within the, the lines of, of the tradition or the, of the melody that most people would know.
0: Yeah. When JP Fraley plays it, is it pretty consistent? How much does he vary it when he plays it?
1: Well, at least on the recording that I've heard it, it, it's reasonably different each time. Okay. So I, yeah. you know, like that little version that I've picked out, yeah. um, it's kind of like one of the first versions that he plays it. Yeah. Um, and you know, it follows similarly around that line, right. um, each time he plays it, but with sort of, uh, little melodic variations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how, like, uh, I was just saying as you were teaching me this tune, uh, it is, I think considerably harder to relearn a tune that you think you know, like a different version of a tune. Like learn, it. I feel like it's harder to learn a new forked deer
1: than to <laughs> learn
0: forked deer for the first time.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because yeah. it's like
0: it's so clearly forked deer, mm-hmm. but where the parts of the scale land in the phrase mm-hmm. are just like shifted over, yeah, in a yeah. way that just is really jarring to play, but. I wasn't even thinking about when I was listening to yeah. you play. It.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. It's it's very recognisably within the lines of the yeah. uh, of the the most sort of common form of that melody, and yet uh, those little variations yeah. and little um, you know semitone or tone movements like uh, below or above the notes that you might normally go for um, really change it up and, and make it kind of fun, don't they? Yeah. So you and Tristan Scroggins, yeah. Uh, did did a silly
0: thing <laughs> oh we sure did yeah. <laughs> whose, whose idea was the the old
1: time 100 this was definitely tristan's idea it seems like Tristan, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: oh, but i will say that um i get to claim being the only one um enthusiastic uh and wild enough to uh to take it on and be like yeah let's do this um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we, we also managed to talk a bunch of friends into like recording these with us, but, um, but I went in on him with the idea and, uh, the finances of it. And, um, and I thought this would be a cool thing to get involved on, um, at all levels. So, uh, so we sort of put our brains together and, um, yeah, did, did a very silly thing. Yeah. A very <laughs> silly thing. Yeah. I, I like the,
0: it's sort of like a, a marathon yeah. <laughs>
1: kind of, you know, like...
0: Absolutely. It, yeah, it has yeah. that kind of maximalism to it. Yeah. Uh, but we were listening to some of it uh, in the car because we're here in Colorado on tour. It's all mm-hmm. poppy. And uh, I was like, this sounds great. This <laughs> sounds like a... Just like a a solid jam. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Is, this is just like a, a good jam, but not in a like... It's it's like so, so much of the all-time music that people consume anyway. hmm is when it's not in person is like cliff top videos. They want right. see people yeah. playing candidly, okay. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, people playing in a way that like they haven't arranged it totally. And yeah. it feels spontaneous. It feels spontaneous yeah. and really high level at the same time. And that's like, I feel like a lot of what people
1: want totally to hear. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and that's what we were going for, for yeah. sure. Um, but also I guess the, logistics of recording 100 tunes meant that, uh, we couldn't really get, be too, uh, picky about them. Um, so yeah, I guess the original idea was, uh, you know, Tristan was like, let's record 100 fiddle tunes in a day.
2: Yeah,
1: And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, right, let's do it. So, um, Tristan, he uh he basically surveyed a bunch of people like sent out surveys to a bunch of his friends all around the country and said what are the most like list me the most common jam tunes in your area mm. for old time music mm. um because what we wanted to do was essentially record 100 of the most common tunes um as a reference list for people who want to build up their repertoire for their jam session, yeah. uh, or be able to be involved at jam sessions at, at fillers conventions and know what what the common tunes might be, yeah. or some of them. Um, so that was that was the sort of basic idea. Um, and then I kind of was also sort of looking at this, and we were sort of like, what versions of the tunes are we going to do? You know, like yeah. when you get a suggestion, like okay. Tristan gets back the survey and it says, Sally-Ann, what does that mean? Right? Exactly. So yeah. I went through and basically picked versions of tunes. Mm. Um, that was my, uh, one of my contributions as we were sort of sorting it out was I went through and like picked which reference track we were going to use uh, or what version um, of a source recording that we might reference. Um, With the general idea being that, like, we would try to stick to um, how they might most commonly appear in a jam session. Sure. Um, But then, of course, I also got a little excited sometimes and was like, I could not deny myself the uh, opportunity to throw a cute little version of Fork a Deer like that one in. Um, But, you know, like, Tristan and myself to a certain degree as well being like... Um, very involved in the bluegrass music scene. Um, We also wanted to, like, for this to be accessible to, like, bluegrass musicians who are looking for, uh, like, old-time tunes to play and um, as well as old-time musicians. So, you know, trying to come up with the consensus um, tune Uh, or a cool version of the tune. um, You know, that was definitely like a line that I was trying to ride an interesting one. Yeah. it kind of fell down on both sides at different times.
0: I really appreciate that because there's this, you know, spectrum between Mm -hmm. festival tune, Mm -hmm. like the festival version. Mm -hmm. I say that in a completely neutral way. Totally, (laughs) And some people have feelings about what that means or not. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just, it it exists. Yeah, totally. Festival of totally. Versions of tunes, yeah. yeah, And then there is the like source recording version mm-hmm. of the tune, mm-hmm. uh, and the source recordings can be really difficult to learn from. Totally. Be for so many reasons. The they're not in you know uh, four forty. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the playing is inconsistent depending on the player,
1: you have to pick the the version version. within the version. Yeah. A lot of, Mm
0: -hmm. it's a lot of single, you know, like one fiddler with no accompaniment. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that means that they have a certain amount of freedom that you might not have in a jam Mm -hmm. to stray. Uh, so there's all these like reasons why it's like hard to go back to the source and like for people who want to get into old time music. Yeah. And But then on the other side, like the festival version of a tune, uh, maybe you run the risk of missing out on a cool thing yeah. that happens in the source totally. that has gotten rounded off.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that you're trying to make something that is like accessible and maybe has a few of those nice
1: little things that you wouldn't get unless you listen to the source. Yeah. But making mm-hmm. it a little more... Yeah, I would say that was really important to me when I came into the, into the project with Tristan um was to was to try and like include some of those details. Um I mean I think but just by the nature of 100 tunes some of them uh we couldn't get too detailed with and you know some of the recordings are like essentially what's what's the festival version of the tune. Sure. Um which is also really uh, great and important I think um you know, the festival version of a tune can be really cool as well. Yeah. Um. And, but, you know, I really did want to sort of include a bunch of the little details um, and just reference specific uh, source recordings as we were playing, um, as we were recording them and playing them um, so that we could uh, sort of refresh our memories with those little details and make sure that like we passed on some of those yeah. um, to people that might be, learning the tunes from us through this project. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, When I had uh, Aaron Marshall and Carl Jones on years ago, Mm. it must have been in 2017 or something. Uh, But Aaron, like, introduced me to the the metaphor of an old-time tune being, like, a family recipe. Cool. Um, Which I think is a Mm -hmm. really good metaphor uh, because it's, like, you're not thinking about authenticity or uniqueness in the same way, you're thinking about like a lineage and like mm-hmm. a process. Mm-hmm. Uh and I feel like what you all have done to extend that metaphor, mm-hmm. hopefully not overextend it, is this is an old time cookbook. Totally. <laughs> like, this is how to like show up and and make these tunes. Totally. And yeah. that's such
1: a great yeah that's such and a the, great and, resource. And, and you know like I don't think we shy away from like Uh, also knowing that we're bringing ourselves to the table, we're not trying to recreate these source recordings. Um, we're trying to take inspiration from them and, um, add our own spices to the gumbo. Right. This cooking metaphor might go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it.
0: Uh, well, let's, let's play another of the 100, which number do you remember off the top of your head, which number for Cadir is? No, no. Have you even decided the number yet?
1: No, we, uh, like we recorded them all sort of obviously, um, in chunks of, um, tunings and keys. Um, so all the D tunes were, um, were like first up on, on. of the day, I think. So this was probably somewhere in, Forkadeo was probably somewhere in the middle of the day. Um, We ended in A, and I think our very last tune was uh, Breaking Up Christmas, kind of had to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, well, we might've started with G actually, and then moved to D and then to A, something like that, with a few other keys in there. Yeah. So I have no idea what number this was and and we're not releasing them in the order that we recorded sure. them either. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: Go
1: uh what's next? Yeah, let's let's play um let's play a version of Dubuque. I don't know if I've played this before. Yeah, it's a really cool little tune. A D um, D. Let's stick in D and then we'll change keys. Okay. Similar to how we did it in the uh in the recording. Dubuque is kind of um it's kind of somewhere in between Old Grimes and uh, and Duck River, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, you know when we got uh, some of the um, the surveys back, uh, there were a number of tunes on there that were essentially the same tune. Right, right. Um, you know, so Duck River, Old Grimes, and Dubuque are kind of essentially the same tune, uh, different very slightly different variations of the same tune. So we we only recorded two of those. We did record Duck River because that's a popular tune um, in like, you know, bluegrass and, yeah. and and certain circles as well because of uh, Brittany Haas's recording. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a great tune. Um, of course, John Salia, the, the sauce. Um, we did record that one, but uh, Old Grimes came up a lot and D- Dubuque, um, I couldn't really find where the bluegrass scene gets Old Grimes from, uh, but I found this version of Dubuque from a um, Ozark's fiddler um, called Ron Huey, and um, it kind of has that uh, Old Grimes flavor a little bit, um, a little bit similar to how the um, how the folks in the bluegrass music scene um, play that tune, Old Grimes, a little bit. So, um, but it has a really cool little unique thing. It's become one of my favorite D tunes to play. Cool. So did you decide just to have Dubuque
0: represent? Yeah. Old Grimes and Duck River. It's like, we're going to choose one. No,
1: we did do Duck River. Okay, cool. Yeah, we did do (laughs) Duck River. Um, yeah, I, I did sort of think about just kind of like having one in place of all three. Um, but Duck River, um, I know is popular enough, um, that we wanted to have that in there. Um, and i chose dubuque as the representative for old grimes yeah. slash dubuque great yeah cool cool yeah you know, once we do the old time 200 uh, maybe yes. we can have uh, <laughs> all three versions Can't of wait. the same tune in there <laughs> um all right <laughs> How fun is that? I really like the uh, little trip up to the B note there. Yeah, I like that it stays. Yeah, it doesn't go. Which is such right, a classic. right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, it's like a little horn line. Yeah, it, yeah it is. Really it is sweet. a little horn line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's cool. I really t- liked that little version. That was that was. I'm definitely like pulling out some of the gems, in my opinion. Um, to play with you today um, like you know it was it was it was a big task to go through and like sort out 100 sure. um, 100 versions um, but there was a, there was some that that I um, had fun with you Yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely good <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so i think we should make it clear like what this project is yeah cuz it's not exactly like what the product It is mm -hmm. because you you went into the studio and recorded 100 tunes, yeah. In
1: maybe about a day, the the secret, yeah, the secret is that we didn't quite do it all in one day. Um, as we were getting close, I sort of said to Tristan, I was like, you know, I started doing the sort of math on it, like, (laughs) I was like, okay, five minutes per tune, and then like maybe another five to ten minutes in between each tune. I started doing the math, I was like, oh man, this is. A long session. Yeah. So I suggested that we try and knock out um, as many as we could in an evening before. Yeah. Um, so we did get together like, I can't remember whether it was exactly the evening before or, or a couple nights before we got together. Sort of after dinner and knocked out the first 15 Yeah. Um, in an evening session. And that just gave us a head start. But it really did take us... Uh, till about 1 a.m. from, you know, I think we started around 11 or 12, um, you know, once we got ourselves all set up and everything um, in the morning. Um, Was this Sean doing this? No, we okay. did it with uh, with Jake Stargell, um, okay. who is a great friend and amazing guitar player in Nashville. Does a lot of recording. Um, and we essentially like did the first... 15 or 20 or however many we did in that first night um, at his house. Okay, cool. Um, and then we we had a friend um, who offered for us to use his house, um, James Key. We recorded it all at his house. Um, Tristan really wanted it to be like a party too, like yeah. not a really sanitary studio yeah. setting, yeah. but um, a party. So he invited tons of friends to sort of drop in and out all day long we bought a ton of snacks we you know we did it in a room where there was a kitchen there sometimes people are chatting in the background yeah cool. um you know if people wanted to dance they could dance people were drinking beers they were drinking waters they were eating chips and you know just having a party we're, you know like we were trying to set the scene for old time music you know yeah in a um in a as much of a sort of authentic old time party way as we could, while also it being a recording session. Yeah. Um, So we did have like lots of friends, uh, drop in and out and play on the, on the, on various tracks too. Like there's tracks, Sammy Brayman played some fiddle and, um, you know, Julian Pinelli and Rafe Stefanini and, um, uh, Mason Vi and, um, Waverly Leonard and, yeah, tons of people came, or Casey Campbell. Yeah, tons, tons of people came in and out. And um, and I believe the only person who actually recorded all 100 tracks was Frank Evans. Uh, of of course. course. I did 99, <laughs> so I came second. I did 99. Uh, uh, Tristan subbed out a few. Um, Casey Campbell played mandolin on some. Um, and, I mean, it was just a long day. So um,
0: Sometimes I'm concerned that Frank... Just someday is just going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, because he's like he packs so much living and and that it's like, well, you did that's your time. That's a (laughs) hundred (laughs) years.
1: If anyone can pack it in, it's Frank.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Of course he's the only
1: one on every single one. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. Well, there was one tune that like I just hadn't quite gotten around to like fully getting under my fingers. And uh when we got up to that tune, Rafe Stefanini was there and I was like, ah, oh, don't really know this one. Like I was kind of looking at maybe going out and just kind of quickly learning it as best I could. And Rafe knew it. And so I was just like, you play it. Yeah. And so <laughs> he did. A break. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the one tune that I didn't uh, yeah. I didn't record on. But um did all, all 99 others. Um, so this yeah. is... Sorry. So back to actually what is the utility of this? Yes. Yeah. Because there,
0: there's going to be an album, mm-hmm. but the album is going to be selections.
1: Yeah, um It's not going to be 100 tracks. No, no. Yeah. No, not at first. I we may end up uh releasing all 100 eventually. Okay, cool. Uh but we'll sort of do it in volumes. So yeah. we will uh we will eventually release uh like probably a volume of 15 tracks maybe at the end of the year or early next year. Um But the utility of this really is, like, some versions of popular tunes for people to learn from. Um, And we're doling them out, essentially, on our Patreon pages first. Yeah. Yours and Tristan's. Mine and Tristan's, yeah. So, um, uh, five tracks a week. Sorry. Five tracks a month. Um, we're, We're sort of, like, presenting these tracks so that patrons can listen to them... And, um, and then we're also sort of uh, arranging our secondary materials, um, along with that. So I'm, I also, um, recorded video of, uh, overhead video of myself playing every single tune, um, and Rafe playing the one that that he did so, so that I can essentially sync up the, the tracks to the video and, uh, people who are interested can see what I'm doing with my bow and see what I'm doing with my left hand, um, and get a bird's eye view essentially, yeah, uh, to learning the tune and, and maybe picking up some details. Um, so that's something that I'm presenting on my Patreon page. I think Tristan has video of himself playing that he'll be putting out. And he's also very interested in like putting out solo tracks, um, of mm. just him playing the mandolin where you could just only hear him playing the mandolin and maybe like a little bit of the background noise going on. So you can hear maybe some ideas for how to play mandolin in an old time, uh, setting, which was something that Tristan, uh, I think was interested in presenting to his mandolin patrons, uh, on, um, on Patreon, many of whom probably are, uh, more familiar with bluegrass music and, um, and, might not know what else to do in a setting aside from just chopping, you know, uh, which is the sort of default bluegrass, mandolin vibe, but, um, that's maybe less of the, um, setting for, for mandolin and all time music. Right. So, um, um, so Tristan's often playing melody and doing little shuffles and, doing little other lines. Um, and, you know, I think that that'll be really interesting. So it's like, here are things you can do. Yeah, here are things you can do. Yeah. Here are things I'm doing. And yeah. You can decide whether or not you like them. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, I love that because yeah. there's, you know, other than like foghorn, mm-hmm. mandolin representation in like old time string band stuff yeah. is like limited. Yeah. At, least, Few at and least, far between. yeah, at least in terms of what,
1: pe- like what people think of. Mm-hmm. Old time, they're like, oh, mandolin? I guess. English Foghorn. Yeah. Is, is mandolin the uh, Dobro of, <laughs> of old, old time music? I feel like it kind of is. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, like the, that don't know part of nothing, but it actually is part of something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love that
0: because I think it's such a sweet part of, potentially a sweet part of an old time string band, the mm-hmm. mandolin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Bluegrass players want to know how to get into. There's so many old-time, curious bluegrass players. Totally, and I want them to have a way, a way in. Yeah, yeah. So we have more mandolin and more mandolin playing melodies. I feel like Tristan is
1: like the perfect yeah person to do that Mm -hmm. because he knows Mm -hmm. how to do it. Yeah, I really like his playing on a lot of these tracks. Um, you know, um, and by a lot I mean all. Um, <laughs> should be clear with my language here. I love his playing on select tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the core band was uh, Tristan playing mandolin, myself playing fiddle, and uh, Eli Broxton playing bass, mm-hmm. Frank Evans playing banjo, mm-hmm. and Amy Alvey playing guitar. Um, and then things, you know, would kind of mash up from there um, with various friends sitting in on guitar or bass or mandolin, um, fiddle, etc. Um, as I said, Frank played banjo on all 100 tracks. So I don't think there was even one other banjo player on it, but, um, but why, why yeah, would you need why? that? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. What a, what a, what an absolutely silly idea, but, um, but you know, it's, it's been a really fun project to um, see through, too, and I'm glad that we're at the point now where we're we're releasing it to uh, people on Patreon. Well, give us another gem. Yeah, uh, let's change keys. Um, maybe we'll go to G. Okay. Yeah, should we do Winesboro? Yeah, I want to do Winesboro because because um, that's in the like current like it's one of the ones that is currently out. And you do a little
0: thing in this that people don't typically do in Waynesboro. Yeah,
1: well... One, w- one little thing that I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was just one of those things where you, like, listen to the source recording and you're like, oh, they're playing the melody down an octave here and up an octave here, yeah. like... Um, and it and it seemed really... Um, that was just a little magical little detail, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something that... Would easily get lost, as you said, in like a festival version of a tune, which is totally fine. Um, but something that I thought was a cool little detail. I like to latch onto those cool little details, yeah. and um, you know, just point them out on occasion. So yeah, this like we were listening to Ed and Hammond's um, playing of Waynesboro, um, and yeah, just got, picked up that little detail from him. So the second time through. We're going up high. yeah. And that's um, that's a, such a fun little detail. Like, do do the uh, it, it changes it. It makes the phrase longer because yeah. uh, instead of it essentially being exactly repeated twice, we've got the first repeat has a low variation and then the second repeat has a high variation so it it changes both times and I always appreciate when you can make a phrase longer almost in a compositional way like you make a phrase longer without um with only being like very subtle not like completely changing the mile right yeah that's a that's a fun little compositional idea (laughs) absolutely traditional Edwin Hammonds ending. Really? No. Okay. I was,
0: looking,
1: I was like, that doesn't sound like Edwin Hammonds I know.
0: No. You got me. No. Uh, okay, so, you, yeah, you grabbed this version from the, the Edwin Hammonds.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the, like, the first version I Well, brought, I mean, yeah, I was, I was totally messing with it. Well, of jam, course. Jam, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, but the like the
0: octave thing. Yes, is it solo mm-hmm. fiddle in that recording?
1: Yeah, from what I remember. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was trying to play. You know, sometimes I would just forget, but I was trying to play that for
1: at the beginning of the second phrase in yeah. the, the A part. Um, yeah, that was but, how we recorded. We we actually yeah. uh, like in in the uh, in the overhead video that I posted. Um, so the, uh, I wanted to play that one because it's in the current batch, the oh, yeah. first month's release of. Uh, it was one of the first five tracks that we put out. Um, and uh, yeah, in, in the overhead video, it's, it's kind of fun because you get a little bit of the banter before the track gets gets going. So there's a little bit of discussion as to whether or not we go to the two right. or the four. Right. I think it might be more common to kind of go to the two minor, or at least that's, that's a way that, that yeah. people are used to hearing it. And we have this whole discussion about, um, you know, uh, whether or not the the two or the f- four is you know like is cooler and um, uh-huh. you know like in i think s- someone says the 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 four is everything that the two minor wants to be <laughs> and we have this whole sort of like riff going on so you, it's kind of fun with those videos Love too that. you get a little bit of the sort of candid um yeah. uh joking around that happens um <laughs> It's yeah amazing. it's like a yeah. personality I think Amy I always mean, says uh the four is like the fifth the, <laughs> the four is like the fist bump it's getting us through <laughs> <It's like laughs>
0: I was I was trying to play that four but then I was also trying to play the melody note and mm-hmm. when you Right. Add an A to a four chord right. it becomes yeah. a two chord. Yeah, exactly. Depending on your voice, and, yeah. Yeah. But it is really different when the guitar is Is there a is difference
1: doing. between a two and a four? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Except
0: for the two
1: aspires yeah. to four status. Exactly. This is what we're <laughs> talking about. The two aspires to four status. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, four is always big dog in yeah. the two. Yeah. yeah. Except for in jazz. <laughs> right. Totally. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. jazz where the two minor reigns supreme <laughs> uh
0: i'm yeah i'm so looking forward to uh, as as a member of your of your patreon as a subscriber <laughs> i'm looking forward to digging into these and getting the the behind the scenes the behind the
1: scenes action absolutely yeah um yeah yeah like with all that material you know the the overhead camera stuff um i'm also like writing out music notation for each post um, obviously like I try to encourage people who are learning from me to learn by ear. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes, you know, those little details, like what we're talking about, yeah. um, are hard to pick up, uh, if you're not super experienced with ear learning. So, um, I do provide like a, what I call sort of like a bare bones, um, melody, uh, written out in music notation so that people can kind of have a look at it. I don't include bowing. I don't include, um, you know, too much variation, just like here's the basic melody. Yeah. Here are the chords that we're using so that you can reference that. Um, if you're having trouble, uh, picking it up from the recording or at least to supplement that, you know, I think especially as a, uh, as an
0: educational resource, when you have the melody written out, um, you have a, a statement to compare the recording to mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like something that like with my students that we always get into is like, what is the tune and what is an ornamentation of the tune? Right. Like what are the things that the tune like rests on and what are the, yeah what are the extra bits totally and it's like really hard to tell with all time music sometimes yeah and i I
1: really appreciate that like i think that's i mean that's that's the joy so obvious uh in the in just in the fact that there are so many versions of tunes right it's it's like oh which version of this tune are we going to play um someone's you know found those coordinates of the tune and found different ways of connecting them and uh added Beats here and there, or you know, change the key or or change the melody slightly, but you're still connecting those dots that are like the integral part of the tune. So I always find that really interesting in the um in the folk process as it would be. I found that really interesting during uh back in the good old Dorigo challenge days, Uh uh hearing, you know, the way that I had written the melody and then hearing how. What people deemed the most important parts. of the Yeah, movie. Um, yeah, and it and it was uh, not always like exactly as I'd written it, which I was, which I'm totally cool with. Yeah, um, because you know, in some ways, it's distilling the more important parts of the tune. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. You know, You're
0: letting the like the the yeah. consensus yeah. of the people sort of dictate. Yeah, yeah, like
1: what is important and what, and what is like maybe just extra. Yeah. Um, that I'd thrown in because that was my sensibility yeah. at the time or whatever. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. Sometimes like talking about, yeah, the teens can be a little bit like that. Like
1: is a zebra black with
0: white stripes or white with,
1: black stripes? <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. And <laughs> did you see that, um, baby zebra that, that was going around recently that had been born? Um, it was like the first zebra to be born with white spots. What? Yeah, because I guess it's just more black stripe than white, so um, it looks like it's black with white spots. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh? Just to add to the debate no, about that, yeah. zebras. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I appreciate that. Like you, you're saying like this is my conception of what the tune is, mm-hmm. so that when you're listening to the recording, and I do something different that's on the page you can consider that as a
1: variation on this as opposed to yeah i mean i guess i guess innovation. i don't like i i personally don't consider there to be like a a this is my conception of the tune uh, and this is a variation of that right i think that like variations can be the tune That's as it. much okay. uh you know like so when I'm writing it out, I'm more thinking like this is one way you can play the melody, and our are, conception and are, of the tune. Yeah, our conception yeah. of the tune, and there are other ways that I probably play it in the recording. Um, uh, But I just this was the version I was thinking about while I was writing <laughs> writing it out. You know, yeah. that might have been the one of the day that was standing out to me. But uh, yeah, yeah, I
0: yeah, I'm excited to go in and because <laughs> I'm curious how your brain works. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, as your friend and also as <laughs> a student. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: What else do you want to play? Um, let's play... Have we done three? Mm-hmm. Or have we done four? We've done three. Um, shall we go to A or shall we play something else in G?
0: Uh, e- either way. Um, I'm in G at the moment, so that would be the easiest for me. But we should what? definitely end in A.
1: Yeah, let's play... Big Scioti. Okay, Ah,
0: oh, very good. So this is another one that people have ideas about, like, what yeah, the tune this was is. Yeah, this
1: was an interesting one because, yeah. like, obviously, um, when Tristan's surveys were coming back and it was like, Big Scioti is like a... Or Big Sciota, depending on... Uh, <laughs> depending on... I don't know. Who knows? Um, uh, you know, yeah, that's one that... Um, is played a lot in bluegrass circles. Yeah, um, I would almost say it's more popular as a bluegrass tune, hmm. maybe than uh, an old time tune. I'm, don't take my authority on that, but it, it just seems it seems to be like a very standard bluegrass instrumental jam tune. And the version I, I was really interested. I was like, where did bluegrass players get this tune from? Like, what's because there's usually like a a version that's been recorded by some famous bluegrass musicians that you can kind of trace the origin of like bluegrass musicians uh, picking up the old time tune and like right. that becoming part of the bluegrass canon uh, that's jammed at bluegrass festivals in a bluegrass sort of way right because
0: bluegrass players aren't necessarily going to the old time source well they're definitely not they're definitely not they avoid that yeah they're going to they don't like that (laughs) they're going to the bluegrass professional yeah yeah. And that's their source. Yeah. And maybe they got it from certain sort of folk. Yeah, you know, maybe. Like, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But they're filtering it through that. They might have got it from someone who, like John Hartford, who was really interested in yeah. going to um, sources and, and learning from them. Um, but like, to the best of my knowledge, Big Sayota, as it's generally known in the bluegrass world, um, like the the version that is like what put it on the map as a jam tune, is is from the album Skip Hop and Wobble by uh, Jerry Douglas Mm. and uh, Russ Barenberg and Edgar Meyer. Um, It's a great version. That's kind of like the, uh, you know, the version with the chords that everybody knows. Um, And so when I was kind of going through and, you know, saw this tune on the list and I was like, okay, so where am I going to, you know, we could just play that jam version of the tune, which I think is what Tristan kind of expected that we would do. Um, I just felt like that version uh, is so well documented um, that it would be more interesting to try and find like where, find a source, you know. And really the only place that I could find it, at least uh, through looking on Slippery Hill and stuff, was from Bill Hammonds. And it's an extremely different version to... uh, how it's played in the bluegrass music circles, uh, because it's very crooked and, um, Oh,
0: interesting. I've never heard a crooked big anxiety, Yeah. And
1: yeah. I, I mean, as far as I can tell, this is where it comes from. I, I might be wrong about that, but that's, um, you know, there might be other versions. Um, but, uh, yeah, the only sort of older version of this tune, or the oldest version I could find of this tune was Bell Hammond's, um, so I thought it would be really fun to record this version of it, even though it's maybe uh, less of a common version for people to jam on. Um, I felt like part of the thing that we can do with this project when we're making recordings for people to learn from, part of it is to uh, give them a good version of a popular jam tune and part of it is also to be like, hey, uh, here's a really cool tune Um Maybe we can be a little bit of the tastemaker and be like, "This is a version that should be played," yeah. um, and maybe people will play it if yeah. they're learning from these versions. So, um, oh, that's aspirational. So, um, I hope that uh, this this is one that maybe becomes a little more popular. Um, yeah, because it's really cool. It's a little confusing. Cool, I okay, can't wait. But it's really cool.
0: That's so cool. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That extra
1: phrase. It is really, it part. is a little it me off a few yeah. times, but like, that's really nice. Oh, it throws me off a bunch too. I mean, it's yeah. like, you've got to keep count. Like it, it's, it's a fully an extra like time around than you used to. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm not certain about this, but I, um, you know, I haven't done like tons of research on this, but I suspect that like, it makes sense to me, at least, that the the jam version that we know might have been a straightened out version of that. Yeah, that version. But it's possible.
0: This is a really little detail, but I also really like that it goes. Dum, dum, ba, da, 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 da. And then straight da, to the minor. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It seems like it goes one and then to minor, right? As opposed to hanging on the a. right.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. It's just like a li- really little thing that feels a little more old time. Yeah. Cause like there's this like, right in the typical big society that I hear, it feels like it has this chord progression. That's all about this, this like harmonic journey. Yeah, yeah. And this tune feels very modal in the non old yes. time sense. Yeah. yeah like yeah, just yeah. like it, it's about the line and it's not about this like chord progression. That's like,
1: about drama there's drama in different aspects of the tune you're you're right the uh the the sort of bluegrass jam version um as I would sort of phrase it yeah is is totally all about that um and it, and it, that's also why it's such a great tune to to pick on as a bluegrass player because yeah. it has that like that melodic journey that you can improvise over <laughs> yeah but this is yeah it's a little bit more enigmatic it's It's a little bit more anti-voice leading (laughs) melody driven rather than chord driven which would kind of make more sense as an old time fiddle tune yeah like in its origins it's like being driven by the melody rather than the harmony yeah yeah it's it's
0: really interesting how even though there's so much that's basically the same about that Mm -hmm. how different it feels yeah yeah that's cool i love that you uh Snuck that
1: in. I snuck that. That was another one that I snuck <laughs> I love in that. that I was like, we could just play the Big sciata, you know. Um, but I think it's well documented enough, you know. Um yeah. I think there's plenty of places where people can learn that from already. Um so maybe putting a little uh putting a little Bill Hammond's magic in there just to kind of spice it up. Yeah. I you know, yeah, I, I was trying to to be careful about when I did that. Uh, you know, cause we did want it to be, we don't want it to be like an inaccessible yeah. kind of like collection of like really weird source material, right. um, you know, right. weird versions of tunes, uh, that people are going to turn up to jams and everyone's going to be like, that already exists. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah. or that, what, what's this version? That's not how it goes. Yeah. Like we want it mostly to be repertoire building yeah. for people, but, um,
0: but it makes sense that when there's like a big chestnut yeah to yeah. be like here's you can already find that in other places right, so. here is an yeah. alternate yeah a little bit of counter programming yeah a
1: little bit
0: a little bit a little bit. bit i love i love yeah. that it's yeah uh what a cool project um yeah i love the audacity of it in terms of <laughs> like let's do, do it all in a day yeah yeah uh, a day in an evening yeah uh, Tr-
1: tristan sure uh you're along for a ride if you get involved in any of his, uh, his ideas cause he's, he's a ideas guy, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I, I love, I love being involved with ideas, people, you know, it's, um, I was definitely the one that was like, Tristan, I don't think we're going to get this done in a day. Let's, <laughs> let's get together the night before and, you know, get a head start yeah. on this. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I never would have, uh, had the thought to be like, "Hey, let's record hundred tunes." But um, yeah. I think it's a great idea. Why not? <laughs> I love. Yeah, I love it. He
0: has the like. It has because it's like ninety would have been enough, but it, you know, to him, it's
1: like it has to be hundred. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the big round yeah, number. Yeah. You know, do you know? Actually, I'm I'm going to let uh, your listeners in on a little secret that we have yet to iron out in the old time one hundred. Um, we we got all of the rough tracks back from Jake Stargell. Um, who recorded them, and uh, I copied them over to Tristan's hard drive. And uh, Tristan pointed out to me that currently there's only 99. <gasps> Why? <Right. laughs> what happened? Yeah. So well, there's one of two things I think happened. One is that we lost track and we only recorded 99. And <laughs> in which case, we will, well, you know, before the end of this project rolls around, we will absolutely get in there and uh, round out the number. <laughs> I think the possible- You're supposed to do old grimes too. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. You're counting. That's a twofer. There was actually, um, as an aside, there was, you know, like we had our list of 100 and there was, there was certain ones that we sort of got to, you know, and someone, you know, like Amy or Frank was like, Hey, did, is this one on the, on the track list? And we were like, no, let's just do that one. So there were a few that we kind of like, went, you know, just yeah. like on a whim decided to do, but, um, uh, I think we did record 100, and I think what actually ended up happening was that like they were, uh, you know, there's 100 checks on one long wave file, right? Yeah. And Jake had, poor Jake had, to go, had the task of uh, right. going through and chopping them all up and being like, and there was one or two instances where we uh, recorded the tune twice. Okay. Um, where we were like, oh, someone had just a big mistake that we were like, let's just do that one again. Almost all of the um, the versions are just like one takes, but uh, there was a couple of times, you know, so there wasn't just 100 tunes, right? So I think at one point maybe... Um, somewhere, in, school, that somewhere in that big wave yeah. file there's another track lurking that we have yet to find but uh, we will find that yeah or we will record a new one yeah it will be 100 yeah it will be <laughs> <laughs> well you got time because we don't of them Matt. yeah <laughs> we got almost two years <laughs> yeah
0: well cool project i love it and Thanks. uh i'll put links to your patreon and to and I'll put a link to Tristan's. Yeah, Patreon. and to
1: Tristan's too. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's essentially and we're, where um do both do yeah. Yeah, essentially we're, we're just kind of like you can access the uh, the tracks via either of our Patreons and um and then it's the extra material, whether you want to see the the fiddle doing things or see the mandolin doing things, um, you know, or ha- right uh, that that would be your decision as to whether or not you wanna sign up to Tristan's Patreon on my Patreon. Um, clearly it's a little bit more like fiddle centric over on mine, right. mandolin centric over on Tristan's. Um, but I think it's also like, you know, this stuff could be really accessible for any instrument and you would just have to decide which, uh, which, which route you want to go or both. Right. Uh, I mean,
0: this is the thing I run into all the time with my, with my banjo students. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to shout out to, to banjo players out there who are looking to learn They want to build repertoire and Mm -hmm. they're like, where do I go to
1: find the tunes? And it's like, you just go, go here. If you're looking for a source of tunes, you you know, I think it is really scary to go through source material. Like I remember when I was first confronted with source material, you know, I was mostly playing bluegrass music at that point in time. And it is pretty overwhelming to know where to start. Like, you know, I got the heads up on the, the website, slippery hill. But then even when you type in the name of a tune and you get like, you know, 15 different options to listen to, it's it's pretty overwhelming to kind of try and decide where to start sometimes. Um, So, uh, yeah, this is this is somewhere to start, I guess. Um, uh, And and yeah, and I know a lot of people also that, you know, um, I think it's really fun to go to the sources and learn from those scratchy weird old recordings um i love that stuff uh but that you know like myself included when i first got into this stuff that was pretty inaccessible to me yeah like i found that difficult and um and i wanted nice nicely recorded um you know modern playing to, to learn from um which is where i initially started building my repertoire and then you know as you sort of get more familiar with it you I think it can be a gateway to, to, to heading that direction. So, you know, yeah. I feel really confident that like if people end up using this as a resource to build their repertoire, um, I'm also, you know, including all of the source links where we learned this stuff from and all of my posts and encouraging people to listen to other versions and, you know, the source fiddlers. So, um, I think that it is a really good opportunity to try and, uh, Direct people in that direction as well um, via these kind of more modern yeah. uh, and nice-sounding recordings of, of tons of repertoire.
0: Well, I I feel so um, it's such a treat to be in a band with you because I get to see you do the. It's basically like it's like hermeneutic labor. You're consulting the texts, you know, <laughs> and then you're like, and and then you're and then you're like, let me. Translate this for people, you know, cause you, we do that in our band all the time, you know, yeah. we go to the, to the source, you know, uh-huh. and you're like, I like that this, little detail, this yeah. thing, this is something that is special that we shouldn't miss, you know, totally. uh, when we're interpreting it for, uh-huh. for people who don't necessarily have the bandwidth or the interest to go, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, I, th- I think you're really, really talented at that and tasteful at that. And yeah, I love that you've nice done you. this on this scale <laughs> it's so great it's a lot of work yeah and uh, i, I oh, appreciate thanks, that thanks yeah. cameron and likewise i love being in band with you it's a love fest though. good <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad it's reciprocal <laughs> it doesn't have to be i'm getting a lot out of it <laughs> uh so uh we got that and then we might as well also say you kind of is are we an announcing
1: has it been announced do people know Oh, oh you mean the trio album? Your your trio album. Um oh no, it hasn't been announced, but uh, you know, I think I have a little bit of a history of announcements on the yes. Get Up in the Cool. <laughs> sure. Um Yeah, I'm happy to 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 let that out. That um yeah, I've got a new album that will be coming out this year, I believe. Um it's finally all mastered and ready to send off. I'm just kinda um finalizing the artwork at the moment. It's a trio album with uh Some of the members of the Old Time 100 uh, recording crew, uh, Frank Evans on banjo and Eli Broxham on bass. Uh, This is a a big uh, departure from from records that I've done before um, in some ways and in other ways, you know, very much uh, in line with them. You know, um, I've got tunes of my own there. I've got um, some... Uh, traditional interpretations and, and, and it's almost what we were talking about, like taking those little interesting details, uh, from some source recordings and taking them to the absolute maximalist, um, idea. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite experimental in, in certain ways, um, which will, I guess be, uh, apparent when you when you listen to it. But I'm it's, excited it's to certainly not so traditional think about it. <laughs> um, it's certainly not it. traditional in, in in the, you know, classical sense of traditional, but um it comes from tr- tradition as far as I'm concerned. Like it's all um it's all very much grounded in old time and bluegrass and, you know, specific recordings and details um that it you know we're just zooming in on or blowing out um to for maximum effect, yeah. um, and
0: sometimes to complete
1: deconstructive effects. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Identity <laughs> yeah. or free improvisation. Yeah, um, uh, some, yeah, some old time and bluegrass deep cuts, some originals, and um, and some some dissonance, the likes of which uh, maybe is not normal in old time or bluegrass music. <laughs> But it's really fun. I think it's a really fun record. Yeah, proud of it. Yeah.
0: Anything else you want to want to shout out?
1: It's at George Fiddle, right? Yeah, uh, Um, at George Fiddle on Instagram, Um, website, etc. Yeah, uh, George Jackson Music is my website, Um, and yeah, my Patreon page, Patreon.com forward slash George Jackson, where you'll be getting all the one hundred all-time one hundred. Updates and stuff and, and probably the sort of uh, the jump on the uh, trio record too. So, um, yeah. Cool. But well, what do you want to do for the final team? Uh, well, let's go to A. Okay. Yeah. All right, Sugar and Good. I might just start it.
0: back. Subscribe to George Jackson's Patreon to get access to The Old Time 100 and lots of recorded tune tutorials and fiddle lessons at patreon.com slash georgejackson. Visit his website georgejacksonmusic.com to buy his music and see when he's on tour next, and make sure to follow him on Instagram at georgefiddle, the center of all George Jackson news, and where you'll hear more about his upcoming album. And of course, check out Tall Poppy String Band, his great old time trio. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's also linked in the show notes, along with links to my banjo lessons, my old-time trio Tall Poppy String Band, my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, and Get Up In The Cool merch. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up In The Cool.